Welcome to the Look at God podcast. I'm your sister in Christ, Nina Yamurai, and today's installment, we're going to be talking about the first temple, honoring our bodies in and through Christ. So if this is your first time um, coming to this podcast or looking at the website, I welcome you again in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm so happy to have you here, and we have a very exciting discussion here. I want to jump really quickly into a word of prayer just to cover this message and to set our hearts toward the subject of the discussion. Heavenly Father, in the name of your Son, our Savior, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, the Messiah, who came in the flesh, who died on the cross for our sins, who rose from the dead, hallelujah, Lord, in his name and through him we come into, we come to your presence, Heavenly Father. We ask you to please guide this discussion, open our eyes, open our ears, help us to learn the excellency of your creation our temple, your temple, our bodies. We ask you, Father, please allow us to focus and have wisdom as we hear these words. May they multiply seeds that have already been planted in our hearts about how to care for and honor your temple, our bodies. And may they also lead us and guide us to look at you and to admire all that you have done in us and through us. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Okay, brothers and sisters, it is so exciting to have you with me, as I said. So today's topic is about honoring God through our bodies. So if you're not familiar with the structure of the human being overall, um, according to scripture or God's word, and according to God's design for humanity, the human being is composed of body, soul, and spirit. So you are not just some, you know, piece of flesh walking around. <laughs> you have your body and you also have a soul and you also have a spirit. Now you can imagine that your your body is sort of the third layer, the second layer being your soul, and higher than that, the first layer is the spirit, the spiritual aspect of who you are. So when we become born again, meaning when Jesus Christ himself comes and appears to us and transforms our hearts and, and really reveals himself to us, he basically invites us to have a fellowship with him that is more than just how often we go to church or whether or not we read our Bibles. It's it's literally having his presence, his very own spirit yoked or attached with our spirit and thereby influencing our souls and our bodies and in this beautifully intimate and radical even way that is amazing. You know, in the book of Revelation, the scriptures talk about how Christ stands at the door and knocks. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door to me, I will sit with him. I will sup with him. I will dine with him. So he makes this analogy of how when we open our hearts to have him, you know, when we open the door where he's knocking all the time, Christ is knocking. When we open that door, he comes and he sits at our table. And that represents how he begins to actually live in us, to dwell with us, to guide us in to all truth and righteousness. I know some of you, you're probably familiar with Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. That's such a beautiful psalm. And 
it really reveals how Christ is leading us, but he doesn't lead us from the outside. You know, he's not just leading us by pulling some string, you know, some spiritual cord from heaven. <laughs> and he's just, you know, taking us where we need to go like that. No, the leading is a part of the fellowship, which is why, as I said, he is dwelling with us. So you go from being just a natural being or a biological creature before you're born again to being part of being supernatural being the only living God whose name is I am who I am as he revealed himself to Moses in the Old Testament and as we know him as Jesus Christ Yeshua which means God saves in the New Testament so that being said I just wanted to begin from that perspective to let you know you know you're not just some some piece of flesh you're not just a body with no um no no animation from something higher than you know we're all influenced by spiritual forces that are beyond what we can see with our physical eyes you know in the book of hebrews which is um in the new testament um it speaks about how once we are believers once we um are, are in fellowship with christ and the holy spirit is living in us we walk by faith and not by sight which means again what you see with your physical eyes is not all that there is and i know that this is like i said it's it's radical it's countercultural, it's counter societal in a lot of ways because let's face it our modern so-called modern educational systems and even, you know, certain philosophies from ancient civilizations, you know, that appeared to have knowledge and wisdom, they have a lot of teachings and, and ideologies that emphasize that basically we can only know reality based on what we see. You know, it's like if we don't see it, then it doesn't exist. But the scripture, the word of God, the spirit of God reveals to us the hidden things, the things that are true and eternal because they're based on the truth, which is, again, and it's not an idea it's a person his name is jesus christ he is the son of god and he wants fellowship with you he wants communion with you and once he's in you he opens your heart he opens your mind as well he reveals to you things personally and he shows you the way to eternal life by walking with him day by day. You know, so Jesus says also in the scriptures, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So like I said, when you're in fellowship with him, you're walking with him. You're walking by faith, which means you're walking by the guiding of his spirit in you. And because he is spirit, the Bible tells us God is spirit. In the book of John chapter 4, God is spirit, right? So because he is spirit, he's able to see all things, not only the things in the spirit, but the things on the soulish realm, as well as the things concerning our physical bodies, you know, on on the, the visible part of the earth, right? So because he's spirit, because God is spirit, he's able to reveal to you those things which can only be observed or seen through the spirit, right? But what this discussion is going to be about is, again, honoring the body, honoring the body. But I needed to give you guys that framework so you understand that the way to honor your, to honor God through your body is by his spirit. But God, because he's God, although God is spirit, he's God of everything, which means that he's God, not only of the spirit or your spirit, he's God of your soul and he's also God of your body.
But today's discussion, we're going to be talking about the physical body, the physical temple of God that is your body. Um, As we go on in these podcasts, I want to be going layer by layer. We'll discuss the soul. The soul is sort of, you could consider it the bridge between the body and the spirit, okay? So the soul is what takes the information, the perceptions, and, and the wisdom, you know, the reactions that we can receive from the spiritual realm, the soul sort of is like the operating system. If you guys are familiar with, you know, computer (laughs) technology or anything like that, it's like a user interface, you know, for us to be able to to transmit the information that we we receive, the wisdom really, that we receive from the spirit into our our physical reality and our bodies, right? So your soul has to do with things such as your mind, your will, your emotions, desires, things like that, and even just your general sense of identity. Those things could be considered in the soulish realm, but the body, the body, although it appears as though it's the third layer, as I mentioned, and it's under, it should be under the subjection of the soul and the soul is under the subjection of the spirit the holy spirit i hope if you've been born again you know the body is crucial though because while we're on earth we require physical bodies in order to carry out god's will for our lives so when we become born again god doesn't just want us to be these these robots that are lifeless and you know that don't have you know experience and vitality no Christ said that he came to give us life and life more abundantly. So when God comes into your life, you don't become a zombie. The opposite happens. You become more alive. And so this is what I'm saying. The body is a vessel for the life of God to move and work and and, and be manifest through you. You become the salt of the earth, as Christ said, the light of the world. You know, it says in the scriptures, Jesus said, or John said, a about Jesus that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God you see so this word he goes on to say is the light of men and that light was the life of men so basically Jesus Christ is not only the word of God or the intention of God's goodness and God's love spoken throughout all of creation and all of time and given to us you know to to quicken us basically his word is life the word jesus christ he's life and he's light he's the true light the only light that has the power to save right so this light is what brings light even to our physical bodies and this is why i want to say in order to honor god we need to have a connection all the time to the source of life itself to the true light i want you guys to turn with me if you would like to to first Corinthians chapter 6 and I want you guys to look at verse 19 1 Corinthians 6 19 I'm reading from the King James Version but you can also read from the New King James if you'd like it kind of removes some of the vows and (laughs) all the the kind of you know antiquated lingo um However, I recommend the King James if you're looking for, you know, a Bible that I believe stays really close to the heart of God about a lot of things. Um, Start with the King James or the New King James. And then if you want to work yourself to other interpretations or translations, you know, that's also fine. But um, verse 19 says, what? 
Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Wow. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, which you have from God, and ye, you are not your own. You see, again, verse 20, ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So if you read that and you think, wait, I was bought with a price. What does that mean? And again, am I, am I just some piece of merchandise? Am I, <laughs> am I a slave or, or something like that? And again, we have to separate a lot of these historical or, or physical earthly interpretations, carnal, as the Bible would say, interpretations from the word of God, which is, which is spiritual. And it's talking to us through the spirit of God to initiate and to quicken things within our souls and in our spirits. So we have to look at this spiritually. When it says we are bought with a price, it goes back to the very reason, as I said, that Christ came. He is the word of God made flesh. He is the light of men, as it says in John chapter 1. Now, God came in the flesh through Jesus Christ in order to redeem us from the bondage to sin. And I know sometimes we, we feel like, okay, I've heard that before. What does it really mean, right? The bondage to sin. The Bible also says the wages of sin are death. The wages of sin are death. So a lot of this terminology, again, it's easy to apply it to our framework of capitalism and, and things like that and, and consumerism, really, and, and, and seeing things as, as just purely materialistic however it's talking again spiritually you see when you're born again the bible the scripture says that you have actually been exchanged out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of light the glorious kingdom of light you see so it's this spiritual exchange that the bible is using monetary terms even to discuss and to make plain to us but you must understand once again this is spiritual so being bought with a price meaning god paid for in a sense god worked god made a way through christ to bring us out of darkness and into the light so it's this exchange that represents being bought with something and that price as we know as the blood of jesus you see the blood of jesus it's not again it's not just some statement that church people say because it sounds good no the blood of jesus was shed on the cross and it tramples over snakes scorpions and all the power of the devil as the bible tells us you see jesus christ overcame the powers of darkness by shedding his blood for centuries the devil thought that he had dominion over everything on this earth the devil thought that he had succeeded through tempting adam and eve and to coming into our bodies and coming into the earth and corrupting what god had called good from the beginning in genesis chapter one you see the devil thought that he had succeeded in getting man to side with him instead of siding with god he thought that if he could make us in his image and likeness instead of in God's image and likeness, which the Bible said we were created in originally, he thought that God would just abandon us forever, that God would abandon his creation and be so disgusted with what we had become, you know, so 
fed up with us in our sinful state, in our sinful nature. You know, that same sinful nature that Adam and Eve had is the same sinful nature that leads us to do those things that we know are against the will of God even today. It leads us to do these things that we know grieve the Spirit of God even to this day. You know, so we we can't underestimate the, the wages of sin as what the Bible calls it, which are death. However, God came in person. God came in the person, in the flesh of his son, our savior, the Lord Jesus Christ to show us, no, you see, I love you. I'm calling you home. As I mentioned earlier, Jesus stands at the door and knocks in each of our lives through every experience that we go through, whether or not we think it's good or bad. It's Christ knocking, 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 seeking to reach us, you know, just waiting for us to turn even a little bit to walk towards that door even a little bit to try and open even a little bit he's ready to come and commune with us you see to dwell in us to lead us to guide us to be that good good shepherd oh hallelujah brothers and sisters i'm sharing this to say you see the devil thought that he had won and had a victory over god when we rebelled from the will of god you know and the devil thinks maybe some of you he thinks that he's gotten you to stray off the path and that he's he's caused you to do those things that you knew in your heart that God did not want for your life, but the message of the gospel is that Christ is here and he saves and he's able to bring new life. And God came in the flesh to show us how personal, how deep it was, his love for us, how no matter how dirty or filthy we thought we had become, there was nothing he wasn't willing to wash us from by his own blood. How many people are willing to shed their own blood? You see, blood is symbolic of life source. It's the very essence of who a person and is physically is in their blood. So for you to shed blood for someone, especially for people who hated you, who reviled you, people who had disappointed you, people who didn't even want to have faith in you after you had given them the greatest gift of all, which is life, you know, but God still loved and God still loved. So he shed his blood. And I'm sharing that to let you know that it is the blood of Jesus Christ that saves us from the wages of sin, which are death, eternal separation from God, eternal death when we die, not just the physical death of the body, but the spiritual separation from God forever. You know, while you're on earth to be separated from God, there's still hope because as long as you're living and breathing, it's not too late to be reconciled with God. You know, Jesus came on the earth to show us, hey, you can be reconciled with the Father. He loves you. Look how much he loves you. Look what I'm willing to do in the name of the Father because I love you, right? So, as long as you're living in your physical body, you can be reconciled with God. But when we pass away, we no longer have that opportunity to be reconciled. We are eternally separated from him. That's why it's so important to receive him in us wherever we are, not to put it off for another day. You know, but all those things said, once he is living with us, we have been bought with the price. The price is the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, says says the writer says paul in in first corinthians glorify god in your body and in your spirit which are gods so you see the body is the temple of god because when god bought you when god redeemed you when god delivered you out of darkness into light he didn't just come for your spirit he didn't just come for your soul he came for your body 
And he came for you in body, soul, and spirit. So what he wants is to revive you. He wants to rejuvenate you. He wants to restore you. David says, restore my soul. Anoint my head in Psalm 23, right? When God restores your soul again, he's restoring also your body. So one way that we can honor God through our bodies, as Paul talks about in that same chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, is by fleeing from things that we know pollute our bodies, such as sexual immorality, fornication. These things that we are aware do not bring glory to God externally, right? So we know that, but I want you guys to understand it's not just an, a matter of morality. It's not just a matter of ethics. It's it's really coming down to being vessels for the glory of God on the earth, right? Because remember, God is living in you. God, the God, the I am, the maker of heaven and earth. He is in you. And guys, look around. God is a master craftsman. God is an artist. God created the heavens and the earth. God created sunrises. God created water. God created rivers and lakes. God created everything that we can look at objectively speaking and say, this is good. This brings nourishment. This brings life. This is beautiful. Wow. You know, God had excellency, perfection, precision, intention in his design. When he made trees, when he made flowers, when he made every living thing that we can look externally and say, this is beautiful. This is blessed. This is good. If we can look outside at the creation and say, wow, look at God, how much more should you, a creation of God, a child of God with his spirit dwelling in you, how much more should you be able to look in the mirror and say, look at God, look for I am excellently, wonderfully made. Hallelujah. Oh, David, brothers and sisters, I love the Psalms because David had such an intimate reverence, worship for God. You know, the Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom, you know, but the fear of God and truth, when the Bible is talking about having a fear of God, it is talking about having reverence, having love for God, that deep, deep love where you want to honor him, where you want to do his will, where you want to walk in his ways. You don't just want the life of Jesus for eternity. When you die, you want his way. You want his truth. That is what the Father is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and truth. In other words, he's seeking those who are going to worship him in body, soul, and spirit. He doesn't want you to just worship him with one third of who you are in him. No, he knows he created you with a body, a soul, and a spirit. So he wants your body to worship him. He wants your body to cause other people to look at him and glorify, magnify him. He wants other people to look at the creations that come out of the creativity in your soul and worship him and magnify him. He wants others to look at what his spirit is doing through your spirit and be led to worship him, magnify him. Hallelujah. David said in Psalm 139 verse 14, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very, very well brother or sister, you are excellently and wonderfully made. Marvelous are God's works and you are his masterpiece. You see, when God, when God 
adopted you into his family. The Bible says we have been given the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father. You see, we don't just call him God as though he's some faraway being in the sky. No, he is Abba. He is Father, God. Father, God loves you, brother and sister. You see, when God adopted you into his family, he decided that you would be his masterpiece, that he was going to put his signature all over you, that the signature, that breath of life, that spirit that he breathed into your spirit to give you that life that you got when you entered out of your mother's womb. You know, the Bible also said, he says, before we were in our mother's wombs, God knew us. God knows who we are before we come into this physical reality. He made your spirit and then your soul and then your body. Hallelujah. Oh, I want you to know that God decided when he adopted you into his family that he wanted to transform you and take away everything that the devil had told you is broken, irredeemable, even dead. You see, he's the God of resurrection. He's the God of raising the dead. The story of the gospel of Jesus Christ shows us God has power to raise the dead. So God raises the dead. And that doesn't just mean the dead areas in our lives, our relationships. It doesn't just mean our dead areas in our finances. It doesn't just mean our dead spirits. The Bible says our spirits are dead before he comes to dwell in us. It also means even the living cells in your body, the physical cells of your body, you know, no matter what abuse that your body went through, no matter what misuse of the temple of God that you subjected it to you before you knew while you were ignorant and in the ways of the world, following after the God of this world, the Bible says the God of this world, Satan blinds us before we are born again and believe in the gospel of Christ. So you see, you are not accountable. You are not responsible for the things you did while you were in darkness, but now you have been made a new creature a new creation in Christ and in Christ God has a will for you to walk in his truth walk in his wisdom walk by faith and not by sight be guided by him when he the Holy Spirit comes Christ promised his disciples that he would lead us into all truth and all righteousness and this is even about how to keep these temples that he has given us these beautiful works of art that he has given us how to keep them in the optimal condition how to keep them healthy, vibrant, full of life and vitality. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. You are excellently, you are wonderfully made. Marvelous is the work of God in you and that your soul should know very, very well. That your soul should know very, very well. That is my prayer for you, brothers and sisters. As we wind down in this first part, there will be a part two where we talk more about practical tips to honor the temple of God and how God can show you how, you know, to, to beautify his temple, to glorify his spirit through your physical body and to lead others to Christ through your very body and to use you as a vessel in this earth. You know, as we're winding down, I just pray that your soul will come to an understanding by way of the Holy Spirit about how excellently and wonderfully made you are in body, soul, and spirit. My prayer for you is that God will 
impart to you a revelation of how beautiful, how loved and treasured, how uniquely, excellently shaped, how every part of you is God's own masterpiece in the making. Hallelujah. You see, as I was saying, when God brought you into his family, he knew your past. It's just like if you if you adopt a pet, you know, you come, you, you bring it wherever you bring it from, you understand that it's going to require nurturing. It's going to require nourishment. Okay. If you get a car, maybe that's secondhand or you, you move somewhere that someone else has already lived in, you understand that there will be certain repairs that, that need to be made, right? But you are willing to make that investment because you have decided to take on that responsibility. You see, so when Paul is saying that we've been bought with a price, he's not telling us that we've been bought into slavery, rather that we've been redeemed out of slavery and into freedom. And in this freedom, there is true restoration. There is true deliverance. There is true renovation. You see, God loves you so much that he doesn't want you to stay the way you were before he knew you, before you knew him. He always knew us. Excuse me. He always knew you. He always has known you, but he loves you so much. He loves you so much. He wants to take you into an area of your life. He wants to take you into an area of your experience, even in your physical body, an area of the experience in your emotions where you are aware of just what a mighty God he is, of just how marvelous his works are, starting with the first temple the body that he gave you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I thank you guys for joining me in this first part. I hope that you've received some wisdom and impartation of grace through this to really pray and ask God to reveal to you how to honor him through your body, how to use this temple to glorify him in spirit and truth and Again, please join me in the second part. We're going to keep talking about the physical body, how God uses it to to do his work and to, to allow us to do his will and to just bring glory to him. Um, so I bless you guys in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you haven't received Christ, it's not too late. Cry out to him. Call out to Christ. Whoever calls on the Lord will be saved. In Jesus' name, I bless you. Amen. <laughs>